Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, we start with what we're going to call a news brief. Tom Brady's ah. underwear. <laughs> See what I did there? Tom Brady's underwear. We all saw it, or if you didn't, ladies, you probably want to check this out on Instagram. Giselle bunching his wife, walking into the bathroom. This is an ad for, for Brady, the clothing brand, now apparently doing underwear. And there was uh, Tom Terrific in, in front of the mirror. Uh little more, maybe not suitable for this pod. Well, probably suitable for the podcast we're doing. Maybe not for work. Yeah, I was going to say you can't see anything on this podcast. Yeah, that's correct. But if you want to check it out, go ahead. <laughs> um, it. Uh, I'll say this. For for a nearly 45, going to be 45 in August, it's in pretty good shape. I got to tell you, the TV 12 thing, man, it must work. It works for him. Looks a little <laughs> better than good. his combine picture. <laughs> yeah, you think? Way better. Yeah, way better. Uh, Twenty some years later, the, the legs the legs are sturdy and and the the stomach is flat. So you know what, who am I to complain? But reminds me a little bit of the old. Uh, you remember back in the day, and this is way back. This is probably before your time. Well, it is before your time. Jim Palmer was like the first real underwear model in, mm-hmm. in athletics. I think I know of that. It's You've heard that. Yes. You've heard that. You probably go online and look at his underwear pictures if you're so inclined. Whatever. Um, but yeah, he was uh, he was the guy that uh, probably did the the first sort of male brief ads and things like that for further limit. I can't remember the, what the brand was. Um, but still a radio announcer for the Baltimore Orioles, 20-game winner, Cy Young, all that stuff, back in the day when the Orioles were great. And It was um, for Jockey, by the way. Jockey, okay. Yeah, I got, okay, I got the brand wrong. Jockey underwear. And so, yeah, so that Brady's doing, I mean, look, he's he's all in on, on his clothing brand. We're going to talk a lot about Tom Brady in his offseason, I guess, including his underwear. Um, and the good news is he actually gets to play quarterback this week. He's going to be at the Bucks mandatory whoa, mini camp. Whoa, whoa, wait, wait a minute. He plays quarterback. He plays quarterback. He's going to be. He's going to be doing that. He's not going to be doing all these other things in the off season. This has been, and we will document on today's podcast, one of the most newsy, eventful, crazy, busy off seasons that I think any player could have. But Tom Brady has managed to navigate it. And so we're going to get into that and kind of give you a timeline just to give you an idea of just, I think the sheer volume of things that have happened will not only tell you why I haven't slept in about six months, but also um, just how busy this guy has been. And and, and now, you know, can, has, has he forgotten how to play football? He's navigated this for 22 years. Can he do it another one? We'll see. Before we get started, though, uh, folks, don't suffer this summer with your old AC system. Call our friends and the experts at Air Rescue. Air Rescue offers superior service at unbeatable prices. Your unit is going to perform 30% better and last longer with regular maintenance by Air Rescue. Uh, their award-winning team, they deliver 24 hours. They have emergency service 24-7. 100% satisfaction guaranteed. They've got uh, residential installation and repairs. It's family-owned with over 75 years in the business 
Air Rescue offers 100% financing. They have affordable payments, very easy application process with no administration, bank fees, or extra costs with that financing. They make it as easy as they can for you. Call our friends at Air Rescue. Here's the number, 813-612-5600. Or go to airrescueflorida.com. That's airrescueflorida.com. For the air conditioning experts, Air Rescue. All right, so we're going to preview game four of the uh, NHL Eastern Conference Final between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the New York Rangers. We'll get to that here in just a minute. I want to start with Brady, and not just his briefs, but I want to talk about all of of his offseason, and this will be a little longer than the brief we just gave you. Um, But, you know, going back, so I wrote a story in the Tampa Bay Times and on TampaBay.com Sort of like, you know, finally this guy is is actually going to play quarterback. And we have not had a chance to really talk to him. I hope we get that opportunity for the readers this week. Uh, starting today, uh, Wednesday and Thursday is the Bucks mandatory minicamp. Mandatory meaning you must be there. If you're one of the 90 guys on the roster, you have to be there. Uh, so, you know, Brady has done some phase two stuff in the offseason. He's obviously had some passing camp workouts on his own. But mostly, you know, he he has been sort of working on so many other projects that it, it's just been really incredible to to watch and kind of document what his offseason has been like. And you just wonder, uh, you know, he's done this for, you know, 20-something years, but at no point in his career – has he navigated this? At no point in his career has he, you know, had so much on his plate as he did this past off season. And so we're going to go through it just a little bit, a little bit here. And I think, you know, the the key quote uh, in this story, and I kind of set up with a few graphs before we get into the timeline, is that if you remember when he retired, and this happened, we'll get to how it happened. But when he did finally announce his retirement, um, he called playing football a quote all in proposition he said if a hundred percent competitive commitment isn't there you won't succeed and success is what i love so much about our game there's a physical mental and emotional challenge every single day he capitalized every every single day that has allowed me to maximize my highest potential now you know during the season we know brady is all in right he's consumed by it and as I wrote, he thinks about it three football three times a day, morning, noon, and night. Um, but and we have to allow for the fact that he's kind of done this now for 22 years, so he knows how to get himself ready. But his off-field commitments, you can't tell me they didn't mushroom. I mean, you know, from the clothing line, filming two movies, um, watching Cristiano Ronaldo over in London, you know, the TV contract with the Fox deal when he's done playing for $375 million. Netflix. So let's just kind of go through this and, and, and sort of remember all that, that has transpired in this off season and kind of capture what the, the volume of this has been. I mean, it has been crazy for the bucks, even crazier with the Brady story. And it all began that Friday on January 28th. I've talked about this, Steve, before, you know, the guys that get credit for breaking the Brady retirement story, is mostly, according to my sources, Tom Brady, myself, and Jeff Jarlington reporting that he is going to retire. 
nothing against Adam Schefter, who does as good a job as anybody. Just look at his paycheck. There's a reason why he has this many followers and makes as much money as he does. He's the best in the business, bar none. However, however, the night before, it was Jason LaCanfora of CBS Sports that reported, and this was Friday, January 28th, reported numerous sources close to Brady remain convinced that the all-time great is preparing to retire from the game. And that story, for whatever reason, didn't get as much national attention despite pretty accurately predicting that an announcement was imminent. And then it, and about 20 hours went by. And it wasn't until that Saturday, you know, when Schefter and them um, came out with their with their tweet that now everybody realized, okay, this is real, this is happening. And then for the next 48 hours, remember this? It was like It was like the career funeral for Tom Brady. All you saw was highlights and reaction from players and everybody else around the league. And Brady hadn't announced anything. You know, it, it's it's the power of those four letters. Yeah. ESPN. And and Jason LaCanfora, who has broken news in the past, has also gotten some wrong in the past. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and that's part of it, too, is, you know, understanding who is breaking the news. Right. How much credit you give them and credit credence you give their reports. But I also think the other part of it is, is we all are pretty sure we know Schefter got it from Brady. Or Brady's yes, people. Lock Brady's, and Fora probably connected. got it from sources. Correct. It wasn't the official announcement. Right. That Darlington and Schefter were supposed to get. Right. Those two guys are deep inside Brady's circle. They both have done one-on-ones with him. Obviously, Adam went to Michigan. You see the Michigan helmet behind him on uh, on on you know from his home set and all that stuff. He has done everything Brady um, throughout Brady's career. And Darlington has kind of been a guy who sat down with the family. He's done, you know, he's done some stuff with Tom as well. So they're both very plugged into Brady, um, especially in his New England years. So you, you, you instantly believe, oh, this is true. But, but then there were days that went by, even after Schefter and Darlington reported this, with no confirmation from Tom Brady. And they were getting kind of, I don't say beat up, but people were like, oh, you guys, you guys sure about this? And even, even we were calling the box and, you know, the Bucks' first reaction was, well, you know, we're still waiting to hear. We we don't know. We, you know, we, we assume he's, you know, going to make up his mind, whatever. Um, by Monday, it was Tom Brady's turn. And here was the weird thing. He goes on his Let's Go podcast with Jim Gray. Well, Tom, there's a story out there that says you're considering retiring. And you, you surely expect him, well, surely he's going to confirm what is the obvious news now that's been out there for some 48, 72 hours? Instead, Brady says, well, it was a good week, and I'm going to go through the process, and I said I was going to go through, and sometimes it takes time to really evaluate how you feel, you know, what you want to do, think about the time is right, I'll be ready to make a decision one way or the other. So he wouldn't commit to it. Then hours later, before 10 a.m. the next morning, he couldn't announce it on Jim Gray, he officially announces his retirement on social media, and it's a, you know, what, eight-paragraph deal. Clearly something he didn't just throw together in a couple of hours. Um, and that's when he said, this is difficult for me to write, but here it goes. I'm not going to make the competitive commitment anymore. I love my NFL career. Now it's time for me to focus in my time and energy on other things that require my attention. And you know what? Boy, did he ever. 
Uh, he had a lot of things requiring his attention, man. Uh, it was, you know, and, and I can see as you go through this sort of like why he was being pulled other directions. You know, there was, there was just an awful lot on his plate. And, you know, you can't, you know, you can't really blame him uh, for wanting to do some of these things, but it, football was not number one to him at that point. Uh, by Saturday, February 19th, I remember, you know, talking to Bruce Arians, and he said he would be shocked if Brady ended his retirement. Um, and he took offense. There was a report by that offensive lineman, Rich Ornberger, that his relationship with Brady had soured, and he got angry about that. Uh, at least Arians did wanted to sound off about it. Um, but, but man, so, so much happened after that. It was a new cycle, uh, you know, like no other. And it, it just kept getting weirder and weirder. Um, six days after he does announce his retirement, six days, February 7th, Monday, he's back on the podcast <laughs> And he says, uh, he kind of leaves a crack in the door for his return. That's been all of it's been all of a week. And he says, "You remember that you never say never." Quote. He told Jim Gray. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I know that I feel very, really good about my decision. People clung to that "you never say never" quote, and for good reason, because that's all they needed was see, he's not completely in on this because at that point of the year. You know, he's telling the Bucks, you need to move on. You need to find a new quarterback. We're getting in closer to free agency. The combine is coming up. You got players to look at. Um, there's so much going on. And, you know, so he wanted them to know as soon as he knew. And he was a little annoyed by the way it tumbled out. He understood that the media is, you know, going to have speculation and they're going to fight over stories and things like that. Um, he didn't want to upset, you know, the NFL schedule, that was the week between the NFC champion and AFC championship game and the Super Bowl. So there was a little natural pause there where, you know, there wasn't a big, you know, a big news sort of news hole. Um, you know, teams were, you know, were kind of, you know, getting preparations to go out to Los Angeles and, and have the Super Bowl and whatnot. Um, so the timing was intentional, but you know, he didn't want to detract, but he did because he's the biggest. He was the biggest story for weeks and weeks after that. So then we get to the news drops sometime after the Super Bowl that he's going to do a movie, eighty for Brady. So they make that announcement, and he's going to work with, you know, Lily Tomlin, Jane Fonda, Rita Moreno, Sally Field, kind of the nine to five crew, if you will. And it's a story about, you know, four friends and their Patriots fans. And, you know, they make a life-changing trip to Super Bowl 51. That was the one when Brady came back on the Atlanta Falcons. So he announces that he's committed to that. He's he's going to actually be the one of the producers in this movie. His production company is going to help put it out, uh, his 199 Productions. So he's involved with that film. Um, we get to early March and, you know, some other things happen in between. I mean, there's him, you know, 
doing stuff with Arians and or, or Arians coming out and there being reports that he was dissatisfied with Arians. Pro Football Talk comes out and says that the Dolphins um, had planned to pursue Brady and Sean Payton. Remember that story? Uh, and and you know Miami confirmed they asked to talk to Payton. You know he retired the same day that Brian Flores um, had a lawsuit against the NFL. So there was speculation that maybe that's what nixed that whole situation. Um, the Saints wouldn't let them interview Peyton. Um, PFT went on to say that Brady was interested in becoming a minority owner. So there was some smoke about the whole Miami situation. And that was that was a big deal because it was like, well, maybe he doesn't want to play for the page, for the for the Bucks. Maybe his his goal was to get out of here, but he still had one year in his contract, and the Bucks had kind of made it clear, in fact, at the NFL Combine. Arians made it very clear that would be, quote, bad business if they traded Brady's rights. And he said, you know, yeah, we do it, but for five number one picks. Now, this is at the Combine. Now, we've since learned that Arians at that same NFL Combine was already considering or contemplating retiring himself because he didn't know that Brady was coming back. And if he wasn't going to come back, he was going to, Arians was going to coach because he was going to end up with, you know, Blaine Gabbert and, Kyle Trask is a quarterback. He knew he wouldn't have a very good team. If he, if Brady came back, he was contemplating retiring and handing it to Todd Bowles. This goes all the way back, you know, way back to the combine. So, but before that, um, well, well, right around, right around after the combine, a little bit after the combine, Brady has that video on Instagram where he's talking to Cristiano Ronaldo. He goes to Manchester United game at Old Trotford. And Ronaldo has a hat trick. <laughs> and um, after the game, they're meeting together. His son is there. Brady's son is there on the field. And Ronaldo asked Brady, you're finished, right? And Brady kind of winces, and he seems to reply, that's what I don't know. And that, the speculation started going rampant. I was at the SEC basketball tournament, men's basketball tournament final that day. Got home kind of did some stuff outside with my family, came upstairs, we're going to do a podcast with you at 7.15, remember? Mm-hmm. And Or 7.30, and at 7.15, Brady puts out the tweet, and I had to look at it for like 60 seconds. He said, "I unfinished business. Uh, he was ending his retirement and rejoining the Bucks for 2022. And it wasn't, the timing wasn't coincidental because it was on the eve of the free agent negotiating period and he knew that if he's going to play, um, the team needed to make deals with you know some of their core guys like Leonard Fournette and Ryan Jensen and Chris Godwin, who was franchised, but they got a long-term deal with him. Carlton Davis, Will Golston, Giovanni Bernard, Blaine Gabbert. Um, remember, Godwin was interviewed. He said that it, it changes everything. Everybody knows, you know, the player that Tom is, and it's like the Brady effect. Guys want to come and play with him, and boy, did they! They all started re-signing, and then some. They got Russell Gage. They got Keanu Neal, uh, Logan Ryan. Um, and what Brady said was these past two months, it had been about six weeks, I realized my place is still in the field and not in the stands. And that time will come, but it's not now. So, I mean, we're only to, you know, sort of the the beginning of free agency. And we've already gone through a retirement, an unretirement. Now the free agents start whooping in, and and Brian Jensen leads the brigade, and they all kind of come back and re-sign. And the reaction now we go through a whole another 
news cycles about Brady's career. Uh, what does this do for the Bucks? Where are they going to be ranked? All the players they get back. And it's, you know, it's really something. I mean, it's like, it, it, it just, the news cycles just keep, keep coming. So he's got unfinished business. And we get to May 30th, and or March 30th, I'm sorry. And this is when the other shoe drops, so to speak. I'm on my way to Denver. You're here. Uh, I'm driving my son out there who's moving. And the news breaks late in the afternoon, early evening. Bruce Arians is stepping down as head coach to take a front office job. And Todd Bowles is going to be named head coach. And there's speculation that maybe Brady ordered the code red, you know. Um, But Arians says no, that, you know, this is a very altruistic endeavor that he just you know, wants to help his longtime assistant get the best chance to win as he can in Todd Bowles, leave him the best possible team he can um, because Brady's coming back and he's responsible for 31 families, you know, that's coaching staff and all that. So now you got sort of news cycles about Brady and whether or not, you know, him and him and Arians didn't see eye to eye and that's why Bowles is the head coach. Brady goes the next day to the press conference, introducing Todd Bowles. But it's also the farewell of Bruce Arians. So that becomes a big, you know, focus because there he is in the front row. And if he did have something to do with it, you know, that's sort of sociopathic if you're going to go watch, you know, the guy's end of his career that you might have ended. That's why I don't buy that narrative. Um, but did he agree with everything Arians did? No. Might he be more comfortable with Bowles? Yeah. Um, those things are probably true, but ultimately I, I don't think it was a, an ultimatum type thing. Like I'll play and I'll play with the bucks. If, if there's a coaching change, I know I've never believed that, but you know, both guys have denied it and we'll have to make up our own minds. Um, you know, some time goes by, there's other things that happen. Um, none of them real, you know, real significant the biggest thing is that Brady's coming back. His players are going to come back and join him. And, you know, he's still got more projects going on. You know, he launches his clothing line. Um, in May, just this past month, he agrees to a record deal with Fox. $375 million for 10 years to be a broadcaster, color analyst on Fox for NFL games when he retires. Open-ended. Could be next year. Could be five years from now. They don't know. Um, oh, by the way, Fox televises Super Bowl 57, which is this next Super Bowl. It's going to be in Arizona. And so, who knows, right? Brady tweets out when the news hits. He says, excited. But a lot of unfinished business on the at Buccaneers. Hashtag LFG. So he's focused on football, even though $375 million, more money than he's made playing football in his entire career. People stunned by the fact that Brady's going to be a broadcaster. No sooner does that news break (laughs) that a week later, it's announced that Brady's going to be the executive producer of a show on Netflix, a Netflix series, The Greatest Roast of All Time, Grote. 
and he's the first subject of those roasts. Um, but, you know, one week later, he's got another TV gig. And, you know, and this is all sort of leading up to, you know, there's, there's Brady working out with Gronk at the Yankees complex, at least you know, taking batting practice and Gronk fielding fly balls. I assume that there was a passing camp before that. And then this just past Wednesday, he's in Las Vegas playing in his third, you know, the match, uh, Capital One's the match on TNT, this made-for-TV sort of 12-hole tournament between um, him and Aaron Rodgers pairing up against Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. And so, you know, they prevail. Rodgers hits a birdie putt on the, on the final hole. The old guys win. And then they have a round table, and Brady says, you know, at this point in my career, it's kind of like 55-45, yes, I'm playing. That's a very small percentage of yes. He goes, now once I made the decision, I'm, all, I'm 100% in. I guess what's different, and maybe there isn't any difference, but, but boy, it seems busy. Um uh, as far as off season go, I don't, I mean, we've covered him for, this is our third year now. He's never had an off season like this in Tampa. Of course there was COVID, there were other factors, right? Um, but even having said that, um, he was out 40 days and maybe that's just when he would normally spend time with his family anyway and do some of the vacationing and some of the business stuff. We know he's always in shape. We know Alex Guerrero goes wherever he goes. We know he eats right. Look at the underwear photos. Um, and so from that standpoint, you know, he says his knee feels better. He hasn't had to rehab it. Uh, remember, he had the uh, MCL surgery prior to the start of last season, so he was kind of late getting into his workouts and things like that. This year, that's not been as much of a problem. But he was retired for 40 days. He was retired for 40, 41 days and presumably not going to play football. So now he's going to be back out there this week, and we'll see. I don't expect him to look any different. Um, I don't expect him to be less engaged. This is an important week for him. It's an important week for the Bucks because Todd Bowles is the head coach, and they got three days with a full squad to to really set the tone. You know, mandatory mini camps. You're still doing some install. It's a little bit of a continuation of OTAs, except that there's about five guys that have sort of not been there right consistently for OTAs, starting with Brady which is still an amazing, remarkable turnout for Todd Bowles. Like, veterans have come, um, and I think, it's, I think it's twofold. One, they have a new head coach they want to impress. And two, some of these guys feel like they got to get better. They weren't good enough. You know, if Brady's coming back, they're all in. Like, anytime Brady's on your team, it's Super Bowl or bust, period. And so, good faith showing for Todd Bowles. But now it's the mandatory minicamp, and Brady – other than these passing camps, he might have had a few of these guys. You know, he's got to get used to some new players. You know, he, he's got guys that he has not spent a lot of time with, and, you know, some of them are rookies. You know, Rashad White from Arizona State, the running back. This guy is a talent, but, you know, he's as old as Brady's NFL career. And so, you know, him and Brady have to create some sort of you know, begin to build some sort of chemistry, some sort of cohesion, and to where he can begin to to trust White to help him, you know, along with Leonard Fournette, because you're going to need more than one running back. You know, Giovanni Bernard's back, that sort of thing. Um, 
you know, you've got, like I said, if Gronk's not going to be there and he's not, you've got some tight ends you've got to work with. Um, you know, so you can go down the line and it's, it's important for Brady to show these guys, you know, the process, how you get better, how you run routes, how you work. And also some of them, frankly, have to get over the fact that they're playing with Tom Brady. This is a good three days to do it. You know, he's like any other guy. He's going to walk up to these rookies and say, hi, I'm Tom Brady. And they're going to go, no, you know, you're the guy in the underwear model, in the underwear ads. So, yeah, it's it's a it's important because he's also got a new head coach, and and so Brady and Bowles together have to have to have this, you know, have to find their way, on how they're going to navigate practice, how they're going to run things, how competitive things are going to be, and sort of establish the tempo so that when they come back at the end of July, I, I always say this: the tryouts are over. I mean, you get back here in July, everybody's going full steam ahead to work to beat the Dallas Cowboys. You're going to have a series of preseason games. You're going to have three preseason games. You're going to have a week in between the start of the regular season. You're going to have a couple of cuts. And so those guys that are trying to make the team will have to show something. But for the most part, when they get back here at the end of July, early August, and they've got you know a couple of joint practices with the Titans on the road, Miami at home, it's all about preparing for game one period you know you you're they're not stopping for you if you don't know what you're doing you know so those those guys got to get in their playbooks uh they got to spend that time off wisely and come back here and be ready to play and that's what brady and others will be you know sort of trying to insist upon them uh these next three days so i'm anxious to see him play look i i think he can still do it but nobody's seen the guy i haven't seen the guy on the field anywhere you know, wonder what he looks like. Wonder what he'll say. Do you think he'll talk, Steve? Do you think this will be the week that he finally answers some questions about what the hell went on in the off season? No, I don't. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> why am I even going? <laughs> I, mean, no. I, I could be. Wrong. No, I don't. <laughs> well, and even if he's on a podium, doesn't mean he's going to answer those questions. No, it's going to be three minutes, and we're not going to we're not going to hear anything. <laughs> we're going to hear how excited he is to be playing again. How, how excited he is about the season, yeah. You're right. I know you're right. Of course you're right. He won't give us much, if anything, if we even talk to him. Um, I don't know, man. I'm anxious to see how it's going to go. Probably won't be much different than it was the last last couple of years, but, uh, you know, last year when they went back, when they went out there, you know, uh, Arians told, them, told the veterans to stay away because they had had such a long season. They had won Super Bowl 55, um, you know, they've been playing for so long, pandemic, all of that. And he just wanted the guys that were sort of on the bubble or new players. He didn't want to wait. He wanted to give those guys the reps. That was Arian's approach. And the fact that they didn't want to come out anyway. Um, this year, uh, you know, during OTAs, there was such a big participation. There's kind of a continuation of that. Um, but this year, I think there's an absolute recognition that, like, yo, it's, you know, <laughs> let's not fool ourselves. He's not back after this year. If he plays again, it's not going to be here. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like everybody knows what's at stake. And so they, none of those guys liked the way the season ended. How could you, you know, mm-hmm. you, you came back from 24 down, you tied it and lose it in overtime. The defense was horrendous. You've got new players all across the board. You've got a bunch of them on defense as well. You got a new coach, which is the biggest thing. The biggest thing is, is Todd Bowles. And, and I, and you know what? I think Todd Bowles is going to run a different ship. Mm-hmm. I really do. Um, 
we talked about this. He's more of the Bill Parcells type. He's been with BA forever, and everybody knows him, but the offensive guys don't know him. I mean, they know him in the building, but they haven't, you know, held felt that sarcastic slap across the face that he gives all his other players. And so, you know, he I think he's going to go have a more competitive camp in training camp. I think he's going to go good on good in this mini camp. Um, and I th- I think you're going to see some heightened competition that, you know, with B.A., he wanted him to compete, but he wanted him to stay healthy. He was more offensive-oriented. Um, you know, Bowles and Brady are, are going to see – more of a complimentary type approach to things, but yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. We'll be looking to see what the differences are in practice in meetings and things like that. And it might take us a while to really, you know, kind of figure all that out. But, um, but yeah, it's big for both of them. It's big for Brady. It's big for bulls. Uh, Arians is going to be out there. He's going to be riding around his golf cart. He's not, he's the assistant to the GM now, you know, uh, hopefully we get a chance to talk to him at some point, but, um, so that's it. There's a, it's a big week for Brady. It's been a big off season, a lot of things going on, busy, busy, and he'll have more time about five, five weeks or so. We all will. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just nine 99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market. Look, I'm not going to lie. Come Thursday at eight o'clock or so. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm turning off the computers, folks. Well, that's you're turning when, on the TV. It's game five of the Stanley Cup or the well, Eastern it Conference is. final Thursday night. Yeah, night, that's so. true. It will be game five. And what's going to happen tonight in game four? Can the Lightning keep building on uh, what was finally a much-needed win? Obviously, kind of do or die down 2-0 in the series, down 2 to nothing in the game. They come back and win 3-2, to Andre Palat with the game winner, 40-something seconds remaining from Kucherov. Still no Braden Point. That was the breaking news. Mm-hmm. I guess on on uh, on Monday was that Point would not be back tonight. So we don't we don't have him to look forward to. Vassy played really, really well. I thought they played better around him. But more importantly, they brought the fight to the Rangers. What do the Rangers do now to counter? Can they make any change? Do you think they do anything differently? Or do they just try to play better? Well, I mean, look at what Tampa did better in, in game three. Yeah. They got on the forecheck. They dumped pucks behind. They went and chased, and they did the work. They did the work that the that the Rangers were doing the first two games. Lightning went and retrieved pucks, went and got pucks, you know, forced the Rangers to play a 200-foot game. Yeah. And, and you know, you, you hope the Lightning are going to continue that into game four. Now the Rangers have to figure out how to counter that. You know, how do you get the puck out of your zone quicker? How do you get your your players going forward with momentum? I mean, five on yeah. five, the Lightning dominated that game. They, they had more shot attempts or shots on goal than the Rangers had shot attempts in the game. Wow. You know, it was it, the Lightning played a good game. I mean, you know, you look at it, that score should have been better than three to two and taking a goal with 41.6 seconds left to win it. I mean, both sides yeah. had two power play goals, but the Lightning really dominated. Shosturkin was really good in game three. I thought he was great. Yeah. He was fantastic. Yeah. 
Uh, you know, that's a world-class pass that Nikita Kucherov made to, to free Pilat on that goal. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just I, – I've I watched that replay a few more times today. And the other two were power play goals, right? Yeah, yeah. But the patience that Nikita had to wait for Zabinijad to turn before he – you know, he didn't just get the puck and, and push it along. He stopped for a second mm. with under a minute to go when normally things speed up. You know, it's under a minute, you go, go, go. But he, he, he has that patience to him. And it's incredible. And and he waited as Benajak turns, and then he gets it to Palat, who then buries the shot. Just a fantastic play by Nikita Kucherov. Here's the thing, and I don't want to, I don't want to rain on people's parade about Kucherov because he's obviously won an MVP, and mm-hmm. you know he's the best player on the ice right now for them, other than Vasilevsky, who's got to get keep it going. Isn't there a way for him to temper some of the turnovers and the penalties? Because he made a lot of plays that could have cost him that game as well. And I know the high sticks are going to happen, but you know what? When you turn the puck over and you're trying to chase people, you know, and that's how it happens, that's different than just, oh. Well, you know. the second one, the four-minute one, was a turnover. He didn't commit the turnover. No, no. And so he's, he's trying to make a play and gets the stick He's trying up to and, get the – yeah, he's you know. trying to get back. I don't know. It just seems like he is at the he is at the root of a lot of those a lot of those odd man rushes, and you know, here's, you can here's, do both, right? You can be both, right? You you don't have to be. You can still be a genius as an offensive player without the turnovers, can you? Without some, <laughs> I mean, think think of think of point guards in the NBA. Yeah, do they, they go do they go through games without a turnover? No, really. No, because don't forget, you got world class players on the other side of the ice too. But the difference is, if I turn the ball over in the NBA, it might be a three pointer or two points, but it's not going to cost me Absolutely. a game. Well, and in, in, in Kucherov's point, many of the times when he turns it over, you've got eighty eight in the net, and it gets stopped. Yeah, I mean, he sees now he's the a big game, eraser back. He sees the game differently than others. No doubt, it's, no doubt. His vision is ridiculous. He's he is. Uh, I saw some quotes from uh, I think it was in the Athletic. Wayne Gretzky talking about him. Oh, he loves him. Yeah. And just and, and Gretzky is one of those players that saw the, the he he sees the plays before they happen. Mm-hmm. Like you know he's you know most players get the puck and start looking where am I going to go with it. He already knows before he's gotten the puck. He knows, he knows before the players get the puck that they mm-hmm. know. Yes, like a lot of time he leads them into. Right. Goals. And so sometimes you know I mean? sometimes you're you're making those spectacular plays and they don't they don't always work. Now, what you'd really like to see is look, he's going to have some turnovers. That's just when you have a player of that ilk, they're going to turn the ball over some. You know, name the sport and the superstars. When you're trying to if you're Cristiano Ronaldo and you're trying to dribble through three players, occasionally you're gonna lose the ball. Mm. You know, as good as you are, the other team's not bad either. But he's he sees it different. What you want him to, to cut down on is the high risk turnovers. Like you're the last guy back on the blue line trying to make a move. If you've got a defenseman behind you, you're better off at that point trying one of those moves. You know, there's there's spots on the ice and and, and things that that's where you know you know you're going to get some turnovers. Minimize the ones where it's a one on o, a two on o break the other way. You know, if you've got a defenseman behind you, you've got a little more room. When you're the last guy on the blue line, that's not the time. To, that's the time to get it deep and and go find another play to make. 
Yeah. You know, those are the things that. But when you have someone that's as creative, unique, different, in, in a good way, I'm saying that. You, you know, you have to take the good with the bad. I mean, it, it's it's. You can equate it in lots of. Lots a lot of, of analogies. Yeah. I mean, you could lots of. I mean, I'm sure you know. You're a newspaper writer. I'm sure there's some tremendous writers that have a different way of seeing things and personality. It's harder to work with or something. You know, I can tell you radio talent that I've worked with in the past that, you know, the the ones who tend to be or, or can be really provocative and and really good can be a pain in the butt to manage at times because they're going to take chances and make, because they're creative. Yeah. And they're going to try some things that don't work on the air. Right. You got to take that with the stuff they tried and was brilliant. It's not no, the same compare. It. It's not the same comparison, but no, I get the analogy. I mean, I know what you're saying, but I'm just saying like there are some fundamental plays that he probably shouldn't make at sure, times. Sure. And you know, they they would because if he doesn't make that play and he did. I know this is revisionist history. I mean, he did make the play to win the game. Mm-hmm. And he had a goal as well. Mm-hmm. But if he doesn't if he doesn't make that play and say those two turnovers are the difference and they beat him, then we're talking uh, then we're going to the off season or you know the series is pretty much over at 3-0. And we're going to the off season saying, you know, Kuchi's a great player, won two Stanley Cups, MVP, still a great player, but man, did those turnovers really kill you? And to your point, they'll live with them. They have lived with them. They'll continue to live with them, and that's why they got the big cat in goal, which brings us to a column John Romano wrote, which seems rather obvious, but I think the point he's making, he said, the, you know, the key to this series and every series, I think, is Andre Vasilevsky. He played much better. There's, it's un, unquestionable that he played better uh, in Game 3 than he did in Game 1 or 2. I think the Lightning played better as a team, and that probably was part of it. But when he needed to make big saves, especially in the first period, back-to-back-to-back type you know, mm-hmm. saves, he came up with them. Could the mere rust, we talked about rust versus rest, could have affected the goaltender more than anybody on that team because he's the only guy that plays every minute. And even though they're playing better around him, could coming home and having a game like the one he just had, could we now see Vassy go on one? You know, he goes on these runs in the postseason where he allows one goal, no goals, one goal, two goals. You know what I mean? Like, how are we are we going to see him now lock in, do you think, or them lock in, whatever whatever that thing is where where Vassy's the best player on the ice and that's why they win. We know Vassy loves to play every other day. Mm-hmm. We know he wa- he doesn't want to take games off. No, he doesn't. You know, the back to back you're going to take off in the regular season. But yep. beyond that, he doesn't want to take days off. Nine days off is a lot. It is, right? Period. For yeah. forwards, defensemen, goalies. It's a lot. Right. And, you know, your timing, your vision, your all that stuff, can it be thrown off? I mean, I've never played goalie. I can't, I can't tell you. But in talking to people that have, yes, nine days off can really affect a goalie. We can, you can only imagine. Vazzy doesn't, doesn't like four days off in the regular season between games. Right. You know, right. Now, he does it because it's, a, it's, it's about the end game, the postseason, not the regular season. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, it probably did affect him some. And, and you know, the other part we and we never know this in the playoffs is what's ailing anybody, and is is he is he ailing at all? With no idea. 
I mean, you know. Well, if he was, we if have no reason is, to think that per se. Yeah. But it is the and if he is, hockey. the nine days off would have helped him, right? If yes. he was, if he was ailing going into that break, and so from a physical standpoint, maybe the break was good or mentally. But there does come a diminishing returns, and I would think that would be for the goaltender more than anybody else, because it's all about seeing the puck, right? It's all about reaction and and just getting into sort of that groove and and he he even though you know as a team they they failed and they probably failed their goaltender he hadn't been as good as he's as he has he as he was during that six game winning streak in the postseason so I'm if he follows this you know last win up with another great performance and they win game two I would say or game four I would say look out you know look out because there's a reason he's the best goaltender in the world and everybody considers it, even though Igor Shosturkin has been the best goaltender in these playoffs mm-hmm. so far. Um, he's outplayed Bassey. You know, I know he leads 2-1. to one, but well, I can tell you a lot of the New York media on, to, on Monday was talking about how the Rangers may have blown the series now. That because they didn't you, win Game 3? You give a team like Tampa, well, you were up 2 nothing in Game 3. Well, yeah, up two zero I mean, and two. It nothing, wasn't yeah. just you know you lost game three. It was you were up two nothing. Yeah, no, they had it on their stick. They were right there, mm-hmm. and you let the Lightning, as talented as they are, come back and win that game. Right, and Andre Vasilevsky played fantastic. And you know, could that could that swing the series? I mean, we'll, we'll know tonight, and you know, momentum. We've talked about this doesn't really carry over game to game. Confidence can, right, and the fact that Vasilevsky's playing well can that can carry over. And we'll see how the Lightning come out tonight. I mean, it's going to be, you know, I you don't want to see the Lightning go down two nothing again. No, I mean, if, if the Lightning five on five in this series have played better than the Rangers overall, if you can stay out of the penalty kill, stay out of the box, the Lightning should do fine and should have a, a really good shot to win tonight. Yeah, and, and by the way, it's the 18th anniversary of the Lightning's first Stanley Cup tonight. How about that? June seventh, eighteen of years, two thousand four. Yeah. Oh man. Woo! Where'd that time go? That's incredible. So they're going for their fourth cup in just over eighteen years this year now. Yeah. Well, third cup in three years is the one is, well, that, is the stat that blows everybody's yes. mind, right? Yes. Holy cow! Um, but for an expansion team that is not yet thirty years old. Oh, it's remarkable. To be going for their fourth cup and third in a row. Remarkable. And this core, this core of players are special. There's going to be a lot of guys going to the Hall of Fame from this bunch. It'll be interesting when when everything's said and done. When all their careers are over, you could have a number of players. I mean, Bassey, Stamkos. Stamkos, Hall of Famer, yes. Yeah. Headman, yes. Yes. Vazzy, yes. Yes. Cooch. Most likely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, come on. Uh, Braden Point. Possibly. Possibly. I mean, we'll see how the rest of his career goes. Corey Perry might be. He, he yeah. actually, because the, the Hockey Hall of Fame is not just the NHL Hall of Fame, it's actually International Hockey Hall of Fame. Right. Corey Perry's got junior championships and gold medals. And sure. You go through his career, and he's probably a Hall of Famer, too. Sure. Um, it's, you know, but. And the Hall of Fame will be one, but how many numbers go in the rafters? Mm, whole bunch. I mean, there's two on this team. There's yeah. four and 26 right now. Does a guy like Alex Kalorn get up there? Well, I mean, and we're, this summer you're going to read lots of stories about Andre Pilat, who scored the game winner. Yeah, game Andre, three. right. 
Right, and 10 years. most likely mm-hmm. he's going to move on after this year based right. on contract. I mean, uh, barring him wanting to take a big discount or the Lightning making another move to keep him. Getting right. rid of someone like a Kalorn potentially to keep Palat. I mean, I don't think they'll do that, but, uh, you know, if they decide to do something like that. But barring that, you know, yeah. Andre Palat. Um, right. The most game-winning goals in the playoffs in Lightning history. Right. Um, you know, I mean, just go – I mean, Ryan McDonough. Um, you know, yeah. he spent a lot of his career in the Rangers too, but he's meant a lot to this team though. If, I, if he wins the third cup, I mean, Tyler Johnson's part of this group that we talk about. Mm-hmm. You know, he's now in Chicago. Yanni Gord was a part of this group. Absolutely. I mean, there's it's. And, they need and, more and, space. And this core is going to be together next year. I mean, they're probably going to lose Palat. Uh, you know, Jan Rude is a free agent. He may go somewhere else. Nick Paul's a free agent. I do think the Lightning They'll will try, try to resign, to resign him. him I, think, yeah. I think they want to resign him. Absolutely. He was great in game game three, by the way. <sighs> he's he's so tough on the puck, man. When he's when he's after the puck, you cannot separate him from it. If he takes it into the boards, it's you're not going to get it out of there. And he's so different than the typical Lightning center. And that's right, what – because his size. Which he's is what's huge. great. I mean, it, it's yeah. – you know, go back to the Cooch conversation. I mean, one of the right. things you have to have on a team – is you can't have a a bunch of Steven Stamkoses. Right. Or just you have to have a variety. Yeah. You have to have the guys that go into the corners and retrieve pucks. You gotta have the shooters that will bury it when you put it on their stick. And you gotta have the playmakers like Kucherov. Mm-hmm. The Corey Perry's that'll stand in front of the net and take all that crap. Yes, there's there's a whole different mix and, and you know, you can't just have a bunch of Braden points. Although you'd have a really good team if you had a bunch of Braden points, but sure. You still got to have the creative playmaker. You still got to have the guys that go retrieve it in the corners. You still got to have that grind line. You still the guys. You know you have to have all that stuff. Right. And it's it's you know building a team is about the skill and it's about the the, the camaraderie and, and the the room and all that. But it's also about the right mix of talent. Well, and we'll see. You know the Lightning. I mean, there's going to be a little bit of pressure on New York because the their writers and, and rightfully so their market is now saying you guys blew a chance this could be the cup you could have blown it all on that game because you're up 2-0 2-0 but the longer the series goes that's where i think the rest is going to favor the lightning i think that's when you know new york had a couple of players get hurt uh in game three and we don't i don't know what their status so is dylan strome uh did not skate on monday but gerard gallant said he was most likely going to play tuesday night okay Barkley okay. Goodrow was still a wait and see. Who took that yeah. uh, shot off the ankle from Victor Hedman? Yeah, that looked that looked nasty. So yeah. you, you know, know now if the Lightning it's... play the way they did in Game Three, yes, the the fact that the Rangers have played seventeen playoff games already will wear on them because right. the Lightning had to skate a lot more and harder because they were had yeah. to play a two hundred foot game. And that's the way they got to play, though. I mm-hmm. think that's the way they have to play this team. Mm-hmm. You know, pucks to the net, um, grind it out, make them go two hundred feet, like you said. Yep. You know, and protect Vassy, still still commit to defense, but but you know, mostly just be really aggressive. And they got in you know, they got in Igor's face too. And they didn't mean to rough him twice, but they you know, that's gonna be the other thing. Gerard Gallant, the coach of the Rangers, has talked about crowding the crease on Igor and He's he's baiting the refs, isn't he? Isn't that what that is about? It's gonna be interesting the first time Corey Perry or Nick Paul Brendan Hagel <laughs> just goes at the front of the crease. Mm-hmm. Will the Rangers start to try to rough them up and almost go too far and draw a penalty? Or 
or the lightning gets or, sucked into or it. will or will the officials start calling some embellishment you know, well will will gallant's comments affect the play call or the the ref's call tonight we'll yeah, see i don't i don't know i, I you know Is, i don't they read the paper too by the way i don't outside the two goalie interference penalties which were called and were penalties yeah i don't know what he's complaining about i mean were were there lightning players standing in front of the crease often that's the game. Corey plan. Perry, Brendan Hagel, Nick. I mean, lots. Yes, they want to get guys in front of Assey too. Anthony Sorelli. Yes. Mm-hmm. Were, were there anything? That, was there anything they were doing that were penalties that weren't called? I don't recall any. No, and and to Cooper's point, the two they made, they weren't trying to make. No, and, and they're not and, trying and, to give and, a power play there. No, and they called the penalty, and, and rightfully right. so. Um, yeah. You know, I'm still not sure if Shosturkin's okay to play tonight after. Taking a stick to the face, but you know, ooh, that mask. How did it hold up? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't shatter. Yeah, no, I mean, I, was, I thought uh, they was playing soccer all of a sudden. It was like, yeah, I know. The stretcher comes out, and then the guy runs back in the game. Yeah, always love that. And what is that icy cool they spray on him? You know, what is that thing? Because it's remarkable healing powers. Yes, it really is, Mister Miyagi. You know. Yeah. So yeah, I mean. <laughs> Igor Igor needs to uh, calm down a little bit, but yeah, I think that was that was gamesmanship, you know, on the part of the Rangers, and you know, but they're not going to stop trying to park in front of them because you need that occasional rebound. You need you need guys to the net. You need shots to the net. It worked. It puts pressure on them. Well, that's what Corey Perry said. Of money, we're not going to stop going to the net. That's what we no. do. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to create traffic and and yeah, it Take block their eyes. vision. I mean, that's yeah. That's why we go there. It's what we're going to keep doing. I didn't see anything outside the two goalie interference penalties that were like, oh, that was a penalty. They should have called that. I, I, yeah. I'm not sure what he's talking about in that regard. Well, maybe it'll get in their heads. We'll see. But it should be an interesting uh, game for Emily Arena, of course. Another big crowd expected on hand. Um, great atmosphere, as usual. The Rays begin a series against the St. Louis Cardinals, a rare one for them. I don't think they've been in here. Someone was saying since 14, maybe? You know, it's been a minute. I can't remember the last time they were here. Now, the schedule is going to change next year where you play every team every year, not necessarily at home every year. Yeah. So presumably, starting next year, you'll play the Cardinals every year, most likely once there, and then the next year here, vice versa. Right, right, right. But, yeah, it's been a while since they've been here. Cardinals train in St. Pete for years and years and years. There's a lot of Midwesterners down here. I'm sure there'll be a lot of Cardinal fans going to that game. They got a good baseball team, so that's fun. I always like the interleague play uh, to begin with. So you know, the Rays need to get need to get the bats going. Need to get a little more healthier. Hopefully, get some players back uh, here before too long. But that's going on at the top. We're also going to have our mailbag segment this week. Get your questions in. We got some rolling in already. Obviously, the Bucks uh, mini camp begins today. Mandatory mini camp. All veterans, all rookies, Tom Brady included. We'll be out there if he talks. Check out TampaBay.com. Uh, to send your questions in, just do that uh, on Twitter at NFL Stroud or at SportsDayTB. My email address is rstroud at TampaBay.com. Enjoy the game four, Tampa Bay Lightning against New York Rangers tonight. We'll be back to talk about it tomorrow. For Steve Verstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.